0: Well, hey guys, I want to get started, and just uh, this is the last week of uh, the CORE class, and so I kind of want to review just what we've been uh, through so far. And so really, the hope is um, that you guys, as I kind of mentioned in my prayer, just that uh, you guys would always prepare, be prepared to give an answer to anybody who asks you for the reason, the hope that you have. And so, part of that is living a life that is just full of hope, so that folks are asking you those sort of questions. Um, and so, to recap, kind of the first week, we talked a little bit about uh, this idea of narrative, and so that uh, stories shape the way that we view God, ourselves, and the whole world that we live in. Uh, and so, context is really important uh, in the grand scheme of uh, of stories. And so. Uh, There has been uh, this story or a narrative uh, that we talked about called a forgiveness narrative. Uh, And sometimes we can shorten things or make things really simple. Uh, And so things like, uh, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Uh, And so that uh, is this idea of a forgiveness narrative. And some of the things, um, kind of the pitfalls with this forgiveness narrative is uh, just one that the end goal is really heaven or avoiding hell as opposed to God himself. Uh, There's a distinction between someone who is a Christian and someone who is really uh, a disciple. Uh, And that discipleship is about trying to change some of our behaviors. Um, And this can make uh, God feel really distant Uh, And it can also make evangelism very kind of transactional. And so always trying to get to the point, always trying to get another convert. But that's not really the biblical narrative. And so there's this grand narrative in the Bible that just talks about how God created something that was really good. He created the heavens and the earth. He created us in his image that we would walk in perfect harmony with him, that we would have a relationship with him. But then in Genesis Genesis 3, it just talks about how we rejected that narrative that he created. And when we did that, uh, then we stopped being in perfect relationship with him. But he loved us so much that he sent his one and only son for us that we might have a new relationship with God again. Uh, And that as part of that narrative, uh, then we will get to spend eternity and be uh, welcomed in or invited into a new relationship with God. And so as that uh, biblical narrative plays out, then in the course of evangelism, we really want to invite people into this gospel narrative. And so it's really God that is the end. It's not just heaven or not going to hell. Heaven is just a consequence of having a relationship with God. And so that peace that we talked about in forgiveness then helps to reorient us or bring us back into that narrative or being in the story with God. That we would walk in uh, harmony with him. That we would be in a relationship with him. And it breaks down this idea that there's a Christian and that's something that's different than a disciple, but that really all of us are disciples. Just meaning that we're continuing to build that relationship with God. That we are growing in intimacy and wisdom and knowledge of who He is. Uh, and that is done through the Holy Spirit. And So that God is the one who gives us faith. Romans twelve three through 5 yeah. God is intimate and personal and he invites us into this story. And then that changes the way that we view evangelism. And so evangelism goes from this transaction where we're trying to convert somebody to a place where we are really inviting people into that story. That we would be a part of Uh, And get to communicate what it looks like for God to graft them into the family. Um, And so we're just uh, a communication mechanism to get to do that. And our job is to help tell that whole story. And so uh, we talked about kind of this two-part gospel narrative that would be a sinner kind of saved by grace. And really in that full gospel narrative that uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That he created uh, us. Then... There, uh we fell out of relationship with him or sinned, then we, uh, through Jesus, have access to be forgiven. And then ultimately, in Revelations, that we'll be restored into a perfect relationship with God. And so to tell that full story uh, is kind of what we talked about in week one. Then in week two, we talked about simple ways to be able to share the gospel. And so we talked about uh, the bridge illustration or what we might call a one-verse evangelism. And so it's just a way to simply communicate the gospel. So Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then in week three, we talked about um, what it looks like for us to share our own personal testimony. So that's something that nobody can take away from us. Uh, it helps us to really relate to people, uh, especially folks that are not familiar with the Bible. Uh, we see in Titus 3 a really great example of how Paul does that. And so he just gives an example of what his life looked like before Christ, uh, Then what happened uh, at Christ, or I think we talked about, but for Christ, this is our life now. And then since Christ, or after Christ. And so the goal of that uh, is to make sure that we make Jesus the superhero. Because oftentimes we can make it about us, we can start telling a whole laundry list of things that we have done in the past and how we were bad and then we got cleaned up and now we're good. Uh, and that doesn't sound like Jesus is a superhero in that story. And so we want to be really careful how we share our own story. And there's a couple things to just remember whenever you're doing that. And so um, to do a great job of telling a story, you want to be clear and brief. You want to have, uh, be humble humble. Uh, and to make it simple and not confusing, and sometimes you can tell bad stories where things are really long-winded, and so these stories can go on forever. I remember uh, the first time that my wife and I went out uh, and did unashamed. That I asked one of the girls, um, like we were walking down the road, we we're probably a hundred yards from a restaurant we were about to go eat at, and I just said, "Hey, I, you know, I don't know you. I would love to get to know you for, you know, tell me your story." and uh it was like an hour later, and we were still on like high school and so I just was uh, i couldn 't get out of the conversation. It was so long winded uh, and just I asked her her story about uh, Jesus, and like we never talked about Jesus in the first hour, you know, and so to just be really careful to be uh brief and then we put up there just uh confusing and so uh, I'll give you a, person, a personal example of just sometimes there's things that are uh, true, but when you tell them, uh, it can be confusing or just, I'll say, weird to other folks. And so I'm sure that you guys have probably heard folks that are sharing their uh, story and then they have like a, uh, a unique encounter with God as part of their story. Um, and oftentimes that's really confusing to non-believing people. And so even if they're true, so I'll give an example for me. Um, then a couple years ago we were uh, we host this event down in Clyde Warren Park where we do, uh, worship down there and we were super excited. We're having a couple hundred people down there. And then I hear that, um, Justin Timberlake is having an event down there too, sponsored by Budweiser. And so, uh, it's like three hours before our event's supposed to start. And I'm like, our event is probably going to get like... Just can't. I mean, they're they're expecting like 5,000 people for their event, and we're expecting like 200. And we're going to be like the awkward people singing worship music while they're down there partying. And so I look, I'm in Clyde Warren Park. I just uh, drop to my knees and pray right on the spot. And I'm just like, God, I don't either uh, have us in the middle of this party so that we can uh, be there and share the gospel with folks or cancel the party for some reason, right? Uh, and then I get up and like 10 minutes later, they're like, Hey, they're moving the party somewhere else and going to American airline center or something. I don't even remember the details. I say all of that, as like, it's a true story. Uh, and at the same time, it would be weird to most people if they heard that for the first time and they're not a believer. They're like who, who is this guy? Is God just, uh, is he like a genie that you just say something and then something comes true and so it, uh, even if the story is true, it's still confusing to somebody on the other end who doesn't understand. You know, And so hopefully us as believers in the room, we can just say, hey, that's amazing that God answered that prayer. And that's not how it normally works. Uh, and you're probably not a lot about it a whole lot. But for someone who is wrestling with who God is and his character, uh, that can be the thing that sticks in their mind. And they forget all the other stuff that you said, but they remember that kind of confusing thing or kind of weird thing that you said, and they just hold on to that. And they're like, I remember talking to this guy, and he talked about how he prayed, and it shut down Justin Timberlake's party. That's crazy. Uh, And so to just be careful on uh, what you're saying and how you're saying it. And then also on the uh, kind of christian ease or religious ease of just... um, there's words that as we spend more time uh, in, I'll call it the watermark bubble, we're just going to pick up on things that uh, we don't even realize that we say to each other that make no sense to people who are outside of kind of our Christian bubble. And so, like, it's confusing to my parents when I talk about spurring one another on. They're like, they have no clue what that means. Uh, and, and so just being really careful about what uh, language that we use when we're sharing our testimony. And then last week, we just talked about uh, different tactics uh, and having conversations. And so just kind of this big picture goal that we would put a pebble in people's shoe. Uh, and some of the most effective way to do that is to just ask really good questions. And so we talked about, um, we talked about Columbo questions. just, hey, what do you mean by that? Uh, how did you come to that conclusion? And have you ever considered... An alternative view. You would ask both uh, close-ended questions, uh, just meaning yes or no or on a scale of one to ten different things, uh, as well as open-ended questions and just allowing people uh, to talk. And so that's kind of an overview of uh, where we've been so far. And so tonight I just want to talk about Um, a couple things. So the two things is, hey, why does all of this stuff matter? Um, And then two, what are some next steps for us to take? And so why does all of it matter? Is that uh, there is no plan B. Like God's plan A is to use us, his sons and daughters, to reach a broken world. He has no other way. He could choose any way that he wanted to, to bring people to himself, and he chooses to use his sons and daughters to communicate to be ambassadors of God to other people. Uh, and so that's the form that God chooses. I don't know why he chooses that, uh, but that's what he's chosen. And so there is no plan B. Uh, and he has so much stuff planned for each and every one of us. Ephesians 2.10 two says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has already prepared in advance for us to do, that we may walk in them. And so God has already created everything that he wants us to do. Uh, and we just need to be obedient and walk in those things. And so I want to share with you guys just a little bit uh, of something that I share with the folks that when we uh, engage with our city um, As we started off just talking about uh, a narrative, and I want to share with you guys just uh, an example um, of how a narrative uh, can be incomplete, similar to how that forgiveness narrative was incomplete. The reason why I share that with you guys is because all the stuff in that video is true. I get uh, to serve with our chamber and some of the groups that put these sort of things on, uh, and so... Um, I tell you that similar to uh, how the forgiveness narrative, uh, although parts of it are true, it's incomplete. I would just say that that story is incomplete about the city of Dallas. But that's what most of us believe. I mean, that's what we hear. Uh, and so in our jobs and just different things, we hear uh, we hear lots of those stats. And we get excited about Dallas. Uh, but it's not the full story of what's going on here. And so I also uh, get to serve with our external focus team here and just want to share with you guys uh, some other information about what's going on in our city. Dallas is ranked the worst child poverty rate in the whole country. That number, the 38%, I believe, is now up to 45% uh, av- as of this year. It's the second largest growing uh, overall rate in the last 15 years. I was on the phone today with a coach at North Dallas High School. I don't know if you guys, anybody know where North Dallas High School is at? It's right, right in the middle of Uptown. So in between Uptown and Highland Park. uh, He said 10% of their students are homeless. Education. In there it said the number one high school in the state. One of them. 35 schools got ranked the worst in the state. 8% of them are considered unacceptable and the standards aren't that high to be considered acceptable. Highest per capita uh, amount of debt of the 20 largest cities. Part of my role here on staff is I uh, determine who, uh, I'm part of a team that helps to determine who gets to go Uh, overseas with us and who doesn't on an international discipleship trip. Part of that qualification is that you've got to talk about how much debt that you have because you're going to ask folks for support oftentimes in that. And so we want to know, hey, if you're in a position that you're going to ask somebody for support to go overseas, we want to understand how you're managing your finances. Uh, In the last... uh, three months, and I've been responsible for vetting about 450 different applications of uh, young adults, anywhere from the age of 22 to 35. Uh, 50% of the folks that are here, like at our church, uh, have more than $20,000 in consumer debt. I'm not talking like a mortgage uh, and a car, saying like student loans and credit cards and other things. These are folks that we're like spending lots of time with helping them to not do these things. And so I get to uh, serve in our young adult ministry, and I watch this very frequently. And so it's not a surprise to me that the number is $28,000, that average amount of consumer debt. And then just some global things, like outside of just Dallas, just general kind of stuff. Hey, how are things going around us? And this is all just secular stuff. Uh, And so just here's stuff around marriage. And so this is uh, America in general, uh, highest divorce rate in the whole Western world. And you just watch this massive impact that it has on kids at the bottom. So I tell you all of that is that uh, we live in a really broken world. And I don't know where you guys grew up or how, the situation you grew up in, but I grew up in a pretty uh, great Suburban, family, and so I just didn't see uh, brokenness like some of the stuff that I shared. Uh, And this is just trying to compile uh, data to kind of prove the point. Uh, And there's so much more brokenness that's not captured in these sort of things. Uh, And God wants to restore all those things back to how it's supposed to be. Like he promises that, in fact. He says that that will come. The first week I read in here, just Revelations 21, where it just said, He will wipe away every tear. That there will be a new city and new heavens, a new earth. And He wants to use us to get to be a part of that. Now there's this combination of sharing the gospel through words, but also loving on people through deeds that were called to go deed that we get to be uh, Christ's ambassador to a fallen and broken world and say that he wants to have a relationship with them. I was chatting with my friend uh, Jeff earlier beforehand and just said, uh, hey, as my time in ministry, I watch these... um, Folks always kind of want to know the secret sauce in their own personal walk. Uh, And so... um, there's a couple things that I watch kind of happen. There's uh, the first thing is that they uh, accept Christ and the Holy Spirit comes inside of them and begins to transform them outside of that moment. The two, uh, the two kind of moments that I see just watch people's lives get changed is one whenever they figure out that they uh, should be disciplined and spending time with God. And so as they begin to uh, engage in God's word and get to know who God is, then we just see major life transformation with them. And then the other time is just when, uh, I'll say, a light bulb goes off, that God has good works that he's prepared in advance for you to do. And he wants you to come and do them. And so the fact that you're, like, not just you as a big group, but, like, you individually, Right, that Jeff and Edward and Clayton would have specific things that God wants you to do, that he's already prepared in advance for you to do. And he's just saying, hey, will you come walk with me? Will you come do the things that I've already created you to go and do? We just see this light bulb go off for folks. And so it reminded me of this story um, When I was in college, then uh, I went to, I was in uh, business school, and I signed up for this uh, new entrepreneurship program, and I was really excited uh, about this class, and I thought I was going to learn how to go make a bunch of money. And I show up on the first day, and the name of the first uh, class was Living a Life of Meaning. I thought I was coming to learn about making money and building products and building teams and uh, so we go take this cl- so I take this class or I, this kind of first section uh, and this is the first assignment that they give us. they just give us a blank tombstone and they say what do you want written on it? And you talk for a little bit and then we came back the next week and they said hey what do you want written on your tombstone? Uh, and up until that point, I had been, uh, I had been taught, like in from my parents. I have been taught in business school that you do, uh, you you find a goal, you build a plan towards it, and so you build a one year and a three year and a five year plan, and you build projections and milestones, and you have kind of ways to accomplish certain things. Uh, and they are trying to prove a really profound point: it's just that you start everything with the end in mind. Uh, and they were trying to prove a business point, but it's been pretty impactful for me in my personal life. Um, I was a believer at the time, but not really, uh, walking with the Lord a ton. Uh, but I looked up and just was in Google and I was typing in all these quotes from business guys and all sorts of different stuff. And I stumbled across, um, a verse that I'll just share with you guys, uh, and so this is um, 10, 12 years ago, in just Second uh, Timothy 4, and you know, I'll kind of read the whole thing in context, um, of just what my goal uh, was for me, and I would say I hope that this would be uh, something that's said about you guys too. So I'll start in Second Timothy 4, 1, it just says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. And so this is Paul, uh, the greatest missionary ever known, writing to Timothy, kind of his primary disciple. Uh, This is the last thing that Paul uh, potentially ever wrote, uh, and it was to his young disciple, Timothy. Timothy. He says, picking up in verse two, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when people will know, will not put up with the sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss, but you, watermark, you, evangelism, core class. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of evangelists. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near. This is the verse that I wrote. Was just, um, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And so I just walked away from that class and just said, hey, I don't know if I'm going to die in one year, ten years, or when I'm 90, but I want them to say the same thing about me whenever that day is. And so I started ordering my life around, hey, what do I have to do today so that they would still say that that's true? Because up until that point, uh, and it took me a little bit to get it afterwards, then I just thought about this idea of what I'll call a deferred life. And so I said, hey, that's what I want them to say about me at my funeral, but I need to do all these other things so that then I can start doing those things so they'll start saying that about me. As opposed to doing it now, as if uh, there's a chance that someone may say that about me tomorrow. And so instead of building one-year and three-year and five-year plans, uh, I began this exercise in which we wrote our tombstone, and then we wrote our eulogy, And then we wrote our retirement speech. And then we wrote what we were going to say at our daughter's wedding. And then we wrote what people were going to say the first time we started our job. And what they were going to say whenever we got married. And so we worked backwards of just like, hey, what do I have to do going backwards to make sure that that's what they say about me whenever I die? As opposed to building on all of these stepping stones to try to get there. Just start with the end in mind. And so for me, that's that was my goal before I was even really running after the Lord, uh, which for me is only been probably four or five years that I've been taking this serious. And I wrote this like fifteen years ago. And so, what's next? You know, I mean, my hope would be that it would be something very similar that you guys would be able to look over your past life and just say, "Hey, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race." I have completed all the things that you've given me to do. And so God just clearly instructs us with what some of those things are. They're just to make disciples. We say the goal here at Watermark is to be and make disciples. We started off talking in this class in just Matthew 28, his great commission, and just talks about Therefore, that we would go and make disciples, not just converts, but that we would make folks uh, and, and take them and teach them everything that we've been entrusted with. That's 2 Timothy two. You take everything that you've learned and entrust it to reliable men who will also be able to teach others. That we would multiply ourselves. That we would understand, as I mentioned in Ephesians 2.10, that We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance for us to do. That we would not be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everybody who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Gentile. In Ephesians 6 it just talks about how uh, we just pray that God would give us the words that we would speak Boldly, because we are Christ's ambassadors, so that we would declare his name fearlessly as we should. And Isaiah 61 uh, is one of my just favorite verses to so just remind me that God has called us to get to be uh, a part of this. And so it says. to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And so God just invites us, and says that his spirit is on us. That we found favor in him for those who get to go and proclaim the good news. And so how do we go about uh, doing that? We see some good uh, examples in here. Uh, in Romans 15, then Paul just says, I venture not to speak of anything except what Christ has, Jesus Christ has done in me. And I remember hearing uh, Kyle Thompson, one of our elders here, uh, he was spending some time in a a group half this size with a couple guys my age. uh, And he uh, had got done saying about 120 verses in a row, quoting them verse for verse without his Bible in front of him. Uh, And then he says this verse. And he just said, uh, you know what, Ryan? He said, sometimes I just got to keep my mouth shut. Sometimes I just got to shut up. Because if I listen to this verse, it just says, hey, I venture to speak of nothing except what Christ has done. I I just got to keep my mouth shut because I don't have anything to say. Uh, And he just talked about this idea that he was in a boardroom uh, and he just didn't have, uh, he's like, I just couldn't add any value in that conversation. So I kept my mouth shut and I was like, man, it's it's just uh, as I've gotten to spend more time with him, uh, to just not hear him, like, ramble on stuff, which, like, I do all the time. I mean, I'll talk about anything with anybody. Uh, and so to just hear, hey, th- these, uh, as an ambassador of Christ, I want to make sure that I would not speak of anything except what Jesus Christ is doing, and just always looking for the opportunity and whatever the conversation is of, hey, how can I glorify God in that? Another verse that just really had me thinking was um, John seventeen four, And so this is near the end of Jesus' life. And he's talking to, uh, to God and just says, um, talking to the Father. And he says, I have brought you glory on earth by completing all the things you've given me to do. And as you think about it, like there is so much more stuff that Jesus could do. There's still sick people here on earth. And so how does he get to the point that he says, hey, I've, I've completed all the things that you've given me to do. And I think that uh, you can just look back over Jesus' life and just see how much time that he spends in prayer and just realizes he doesn't have to be everything to everybody. He just has to be faithful with what God has in front of him. And so for us, oftentimes we don't spend enough time in prayer discerning what we should and shouldn't do. So a good example of this is in uh, Nehemiah. So uh, in Nehemiah... In Nehemiah 1, then uh, it starts off with Nehemiah praying. Uh, and then I think there's seven or eight more times where Nehemiah prays. Um, but the, the thing that just gets me um, thinking here is that uh, in Nehemiah 5, the Nehemiah uh, decides to stop building the wall and help folks who are oppressed and poor. And then in Nehemiah 6, like shortly after that, he won't listen to a bunch of guys who are there to kind of distract him. He has this amazing level of discernment of, hey, who am I supposed to listen to and help, and who am I not supposed to, and who do I just move on and ignore? Uh, and I think that that all starts with him praying so much. And you see that same thing in Jesus' life. Yeah. So I say all of that. It's just that we, I, my hope is that we would uh, just have the cross hitters on the right things, that we would be about making disciples, uh, and that Uh, It wouldn't just be about evangelism and uh, getting another convert, but that it would be about uh, inviting people into that story that we talked about at the very beginning, that full gospel narrative, that full biblical narrative, that we would constantly remind people that they were uh, created in God's image and that we would be a part of helping restore them into and ushering into uh, the kingdom of God. And so that's a whole bunch of stuff to just say, hey, what's next? of Just this idea that we would be about making disciples. And so for some of us, that may be a new, you may uh, say, hey, I'm just kind of learning that myself. Uh, And so I just say, hey, I'm very confident that there's somebody else uh, who knows less about God than you do. And so find out who that person is and just teach them everything you know. Find somebody who knows less about God than you do and teach them everything you know. And so there's a couple. uh, I want to leave here with just a couple kind of good guidelines. So just uh, I'll call them like handles on, hey, what what do I even do if I'm talking to, I've got uh, a friend who's a new believer or I have a conversation with somebody um, and they accept Christ, like what do I even do? So I would say you want to teach folks kind of four things that you do inside the Christian life. One, that you pray. Two, that you spend time with God uh, reading. Three, fellowship with other people. And four, that you continue to go and pass that on to others. And so the first thing I have on there is prayer. And so there's all sorts of great books, all sorts of uh, resources around this. But I think the easiest thing for me to remember is just uh, what's called ACTS. Anybody familiar with uh, the idea of ACTS for prayer? You want to tell the group what it is? Yeah. So ACTS stands for... Adoration, just that we would praise God uh, before we do anything else. C stands for confession, that we would come to God just with anywhere that we've fallen short uh, of his glory. Because he asks us to be perfect as he is perfect. Three, that we would uh, come to him with thanksgiving and say, uh, thank you, God, for these things that are in my life. Uh, And so that we would have just this heart of gratitude and then the last thing is just supplication or just um, that we we would come to God with any, we can ask Him for anything. But oftentimes we go straight to supplication and just ask God for uh, stuff without doing those first three things of praising God. Coming to Him with our sin and thanking Him for all the things that He's already done for us. The second thing in discipling people is we want to Uh, help folks spend time with God uh, in his word. And so a couple really easy resources you guys hopefully are familiar with. uh, Join the journey here. And so jointhejourney.com, easy thing to sign up. It'll send you uh, an email every single morning with uh, 15 minutes of reading and a little devotional from somebody. And then another easy thing is uh, just read the Proverbs of the day. And so the Proverbs of the day is just this idea that there's, uh, there's 31 Proverbs. A lot of the months have 31 days. And so today is the 19th. And so when you wake up, the first thing that you would do is just read Proverbs 19. And tomorrow that you would read Proverbs 20. And to get into this consistent habit of reading something. <coughs> and so if you, did, if you did those two things for a couple of years, you would know your Bible pretty well. And so we have lots of other... Uh, more complicated, deeper reading plans, other things that you can do. There's lots of great places to start. You can start in John if you want to walk with somebody through something. Is a great place, uh, but it should never be a lack of. Hey, I don't know what to do, and so the what to do is uh, jointhejourney.com, dot com. Grab a friend and talk about it as you, however often you get together. Uh, fellowship is just this. Uh, idea that you should be connected to other believers, like that is god's uh, gift in our life. It's an extension of who God is. There's 34 different commandments of how we're supposed to love one another, admonish one another, hold one another up. And so if you guys are in community here, you guys are learning those sort of things about how we 're supposed to treat each other, um, but that we would encourage newer folks to do those things, that they would be connected to other believers. And then the last thing is that they would encourage folks to go and share all the things that they've learned. That we would call them to go and multiply themselves and not to just uh, sit and soak in that information. (coughs) And so for you guys, there's a couple things um, that can help with just um, some solid next steps. And so... uh, For some of you, then you may need, uh, you may walk away from this class and say, hey, I could really use uh, to get equipped in this particular area. Uh, And for some of you, you may say, hey, I would love to uh, have some more opportunities to just be teed up to get to share my faith. And so if you're somebody that's kind of sitting there uh, thinking about, man, I would love to learn some more, um, I can give you a few examples of those, and so we'd encourage you guys to always be learning. And so you've got uh, men's and women's uh, Bible study. You have this thing called Equipped Disciple. Uh, they've got multiple classes here, so there's Equip Disciple 1, 2, 3. It lasts about a year to go through all of that. Um, we're going to have a core class called 30 Days to Understanding Your Bible that starts in January. Uh, we'll just kind of go cover to cover Um, And then also the end of February, we'll have a training day. And so I'd encourage you to do those things on a regular basis, similar to what you're doing here tonight. It's just a way to continue to learn and equip yourself to teach others. And then I'd also encourage you to just find opportunities where you intentionally set yourself up uh, to engage in spiritual conversations. I think the best way to do that is serving somewhere, Um, and so that may be with one of our local partners. Uh, You could come jump in with us for Unashamed sometime next year, Um, so we're going to do that the second weekend of every month, February through November, so everything except for the holidays, and we'll have uh, Unashamed, and so we'd love to have you guys come jump in with us, Uh, or I'd encourage you to go on one of our uh, international trips, and you just get to spend more time of what it looks like to engage with folks. And so I've put out, uh, or you guys may have picked up little black quad folds that just have a whole bunch of different serving opportunities. <coughs> and so I'd like to spend the next just uh, 10 or 15 minutes kind of with the folks at our table is just talk about, hey, what would be a good next step for me to get equipped? And what would be a good next step for me to just practically uh, be held accountable uh, to continue to share my faith. And so that may be through uh, a ministry service opportunity. That may just be through engaging with your community group. But if you guys would just spend uh, the next kind of 15 minutes just talking amongst your table, just, hey, what's one area uh, that I uh, feel like I should go do inside of our equipping program? Or here's some questions that I have that I need to go get answers to. So how can you continue to grow in wisdom and knowledge and revelation of who God is? And then, what can you do on a very practical side to make sure that you're regularly exercising uh, this idea that you're engaging uh, in spiritual conversations? And so, I'll give you guys about 15 minutes. Um, so, at 8, 10, then we'll come back together, uh, and then we'll get wrapped up. So. All right, if we could have uh, a couple folks just volunteer... Uh, I would love to just uh, have you guys share with some of the things that you guys say, hey, this is what I want to commit to coming out of here. And so just ways to get further equipped or ways to make sure to set yourself up to just be in opportunities to engage with other people. And so are there are there some folks around here that just want to share a little bit about, hey, here's something that I talked about and want to commit to going forward?
1: Girls. Mm-hmm. Yes, there you go. Hi. Okay, so I'm just going to say Mercy Street and (laughs) um, just sharing the gospel with um, younger girls um, that are looking for or needing mentorship in their life and um, just showing them their identity in Christ and um, just leading them well to truth and, you know, being involved and spending time and loving on them. So
0: that's awesome and i think i also heard you say reclaimed which is just our uh that reclaimed is our uh ministry that we help to partner with um just folks who've been through um sex trafficking and just how to connect with the right resources and help with uh healing those kind of wounds and so something that some good friends of mine and miss sylvia back here has been a big part of uh and so yeah Does somebody else have something that they want to share? Just, hey, this is something that I want to commit to uh, leaving here on how I can be better equipped or make sure that I put myself uh, in these opportunities more often. So one person in the class did the work.
1: (laughs) Um, I here recently just got the opportunity to possibly hook up with a girl who's going through the residency program at Watermark. Um, and we're just going to meet together, I don't know how many times, but she's just going to, like, pour into me. Just, like, tell me what she's learning and just study on her own, but with me being by her side. And that will give her the chance to, like, teach me what she's learned and, like, just yeah. get more equipped with her and then with me. So I'm hoping that, pray for me, that that will actually do really good.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And who is the, who's that that you're doing that with?
2: Um, her
1: name's Ellie.
0: Oh man, she's awesome. Good friend of mine. So we get to work together frequently. So awesome. good stuff.
1: Hi, I'm Ashley. Um, just talking with this awesome table that I have here. I think um, I'm definitely going to commit to going to region. That's on Monday nights. And so I just heard a lot of good stuff about that. And so I'm super excited about it. Um, and me and Jen here are forming a little community group. And so I think we're going to try to get all of our little girls to all do region together. So, yay.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, um, once again, shall I admit, have been encouraged to share more with my neighbors. I know it's not through this, yeah. but I've been there since 1990, and <laughs> what's my problem? But anyway, would y'all pray for Suzanne? She's my next door neighbor. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I keep sending her emails and contacting her, and she called me back yesterday, so I was like, yes.
0: That's awesome. Well, God, I pray for Suzanne and that she would uh, know you and that she would be like an arrow just pointed uh, straight as can be, Lord, that she would grow up to uh, know you the rest of her life, and that um, even though physically, Uh, She may be an an adult, Lord. I just pray that you would uh, grow her from an infant into just a fully mature uh, believer, that she gets to walk in step with you, that she gets to enjoy uh, your intimacy and just connection, and that she would uh, be reminded uh, of just the story um, that you uh, created her uh, and that you desperately are pursuing her, uh, that you would have a relationship with her. So I just pray for uh, ongoing conversations and just open doors and just the opportunity to be uh, unashamed in the way that we just uh, give an answer to the reason why we have hope. Amen. Hey, way to go. Anybody else? How about this side of the room? All right.
3: So... um, I think after doing Unashamed and everything and taking this class, I've really uh, taken a hard look at just, like, my own ministry, which is just work. And so trying to reach those people and um, really pouring into them and serving them and praying for them. And so I think God's really opened a lot of doors for that. And so um, people have been asking me about my faith and just a lot of, like, God things. And so um, it's just cool to see God work. Awesome. Thanks,
1: sharing.
0: Anybody else, just uh, just kind of the next step that you guys think of as we leave, leave this class and just how we go and engage in our broken world?
3: Mine is super simple, yet yeah. difficult. Uh, to memorize scripture and to actually memorize all the verses that you guys have presented over the last five weeks. So,
0: I like that hard. one. That's a good place <laughs> to mean, start. Like, good goal. Yeah, that is a great place to start. Yeah. So uh, shameless plug, it's not for me, but there's an app called Scripture Typer that has uh, drastically changed the way that I memorize Scripture. And so I went from knowing 20 verses to knowing a lot more than 20 verses by just being diligent uh, and spending time doing it. And so the the app doesn't magically just work on its own. But uh, that if you guys commit to being diligent uh, 10 minutes a day, then you'll be amazed at how much Scripture you'll know uh, a year from now. Scripture typer, it's four ninety nine or something, and it's just it's a something. It's a great uh, and there's other apps out there, but that's my favorite one. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, I just wanted to spend uh, the last uh, few minutes just given the opportunity for uh, anybody that wants to just share um hey here was uh here's a time that i just uh maybe was got uncomfortable or was awkward and got to share in the last uh 4 weeks since we started this class uh or you can you can stand up and say hey here's a time that i didn't uh and i just i blew it and i hope that next time that i don't but would love to just uh hear from you guys uh, just kind of the end of the class, just, hey, uh, if there's opportunities you just took and uh, how it went. And so, does anybody have uh, just a story of engaging in a spiritual conversation, somebody? Hey, uh,
2: I did to okay. stretching or- Oh, yeah. I, guess I need to stand up. I, um, yeah, I know. I'm already standing. Whatever. <laughs> um, mine was uh, during the Unashamed weekend... Uh, It was actually, I think, that Friday night we went out to different spots. Uh, We ended up in the – one of them was the Greyhound Bus Station Uptown. Mm -hmm. And uh, we came across this guy, Chris. He was a homeless uh, Army veteran. And basically we – well, I guess it's not that great at ending, but uh, I should preface it. Uh, We poured into him, and he got – We could tell it was kind of difficult, so we were lucky in that we had Brandon Sanchez. And he was our group leader because ours uh, wasn't there. We're not able to make it there. And so um, at some point it started getting heated for the – we were trying to pour into him and said, can we pray for you? He's like, bleep that. I don't – you know, I started cussing and doing all this and uh, was like, I don't need prayers. I need money. And could you – can you God give me money? And we were like, uh, we're sorry, we offended you, man. Uh, for, forgive us, please. And so we walked off and to this other group. And I guess at some point we were talking to them. And this guy, he comes back. Like we, we're like, oh. And then we hear this huge shatter. And apparently he like got so mad at still at us that he threw his phone and like shattered it. And then uh, at this point, we're like, oh, okay. So uh, we end up going to get the car, and two of us stay to continue talking to the guys we were talking to. He ended up being, I guess, a trainer for the Dallas Mavs, which is pretty cool. And uh, so when we come back with the car, uh, I guess the guy comes back for the third time and, like, is, like, motions for us to roll the window down. And so we do that, and he's like, hey, man, sorry, I just can y'all get me something to eat? And so we end up going to the McDonald's, which is right next to it, and uh, getting him something. And the guy's like, thank y'all. God bless. I'm sorry. So I know we like, before we said that, we said a prayer for him when he got off. And so it was pretty crazy how God, like, just in that 20 minutes went from this guy breaking his phone, he was so angry at us sharing the gospel, to thanking us for sharing the gospel with him. Hmm.
0: That's awesome. Thanks, Thanks bud.
1: So glad the editing system works. And so when you said bleep, it, it made sure to do it over. <laughs> he didn't really say bleep, by the way, in case no one.
0: <laughs> Anybody else have a story from engaging in the last couple of weeks just since we got started? Yeah. Edward?
4: And then we'll come back. Saturday. and donuts, and we were giving donuts away and asking people to come uh, to, uh, I guess it's West End Church or whatever, <coughs> and I got the opportunity to talk to this one, these, these, three, these three guys, and they were um, they were just workers, you know, doing furniture or whatever. You Knew they couldn't come to church, but just decided to sit and talk to one of the guys. And, um, what was neat about the conversation? I didn't try to, you know, speak too much about Christ. All I was just trying to do was to get to know the guy about his family, where he's from, and just, just those sort of questions, if he had kids, whatever, and um, so I sat and talked about 10 minutes, It was great, I said, hey man, let's get back to work, I'll see you later, he said, hey, can you do me a favor, I was like, sure, he's like, can you pray for me, and then um, I, I just asked, at that point I asked him the diagnostic questions that we would ask him, you know, he was, he was kind of not, not for sure or whatever, but after talking with him, he did believe in Jesus. he just didn't have the about you know, him influencing his, his co workers, his family, you know, reading the word, going to church, just to all those different things and um wanted to share that so that was that was great for me just to be able to like you know, it's how we live that, that can that can also spread spread the gospel. Mm-hmm.
3: care for this mic that much if I hold it here is that is that all right you guys can still hear me thank you um my story is about how God used me in spite of myself um in spite of when I thought he couldn't um so last week I was feeling extremely um tired drained not feeling very well my prayer time with the Lord was, um, God, I feel like I'm so empty. I'm so dry. I have nothing to give to anybody, um, and I just need to be refreshed. And I just, after I prayed, I still just didn't feel like like that wash that comes over you. And I had some errands to run, and I was like, I'm going to go get my eyebrows waxed. <laughs> and um, so, I know, this is part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> And um, the girl that ended up waxing my eyebrows, very sweet girl, 25, just moved here from New Orleans like two months ago, and um, started to engage her in conversation and just asked her a lot about herself, open-ended questions. And um, she, you know, at first was a little standoffish, and then she just opened up and told me how she'd been feeling about moving to a new city and some things that she had been dealing with, um with exhaustion, which I was able to share my faith um, with her and and my testimony, which includes some health issues that affect my um, energy levels, and told her um, that, asked her if she'd heard of um, also the porch, and she said, actually, I have. A few people had mentioned that to me, and I said, well, I'd love for you to come with me tonight, and she was like, well, I, you know, I, maybe I can take an Uber there. My car broke down. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to come get you. We're going to do this. So, you know, (laughs) I want you to go. (laughs) And she came with me and um, just felt like the message really spoke to her. And um, we have been texting since, and she's going to be coming back to Watermark. And um, she still has a lot of questions, and so we've been um, talking about that. And so just keep her in your prayers. But um, for me, it was, of course, the Lord is working on her, but the lord it was also working on me just to let me know like sarah i just need you to just show up and i'll take care of the rest and so we're called just to just to share and um to lean on the lord as our strength so share that
1: and your and your eyebrows look really great by the way (laughs) still
0: I think Sylvia is shy on the mic.
1: <laughs> I think so. I'm excited about this one. Okay, so I've been at Watermark for about six years. Um, I've kind of done different ministries and been in community and all that stuff, but I've never once shared the bridge illustration. So this weekend, um, I, we were going around at unashamed, and um, I'm, I'm much more comfortable giving my testimony to someone and being able just to talk to them um, but feel like, oh, I kind of let my uh, shyness get in the way from actively and intentionally approaching people. Um, And so we were, on Sunday, we were downtown um, about to go to the West End Church. And so um, Luke and a couple of us went walking down the street, talking to people and approaching people. And then we ended up getting to go into McDonald's. And it's a very uh, large McDonald's, so we ended up walking in, and there were just, like, we just spread out. Um, one of us kind of went and, you know, started just uh, approaching, you know, a person sitting at the table, and then there's, you know, people sitting or standing in line, and I was just kind of chilling back. I was like, oh, okay, um, what a, okay, Lord, like, do I, I just, I'm just going to do it. And so um, I kind of hesitated for a while, and then I got that pounding in my chest to where he's like, you know, just go, like, p- pick up your mat and go, open your mouth, and share my goodness, and um, there was a young gentleman that was standing in line, and he, look, he looked fairly young, and I walked by him like three times, and the the fourth time, the fourth time, I, not, not like that, not like creepy, like, <laughs> but I walked by him, and finally I just turned around, and I was like, hey, I like your hat, because he had like this really like rad like toboggan on or something, and I said, um, where'd you get that hat from? And we just started a conversation and, um, we ended up, he didn't ask me for anything. Um, and we ended up going to, I said, Hey, you want to have a seat and talk? I'd really like to know like your story. Um, and he was like, yeah, sure. Come to find out he's 19 years old living out on the street, um, after heroin, um, addiction and families broken in this, um, in the social system and, uh, mother was addicted to meth all this stuff but just just a 19-year-old baby to me like out out on the street and so we started talking and then other people came to the table um and started talking to him and he was just he was just wanting to talk um never did ask us for anything and then he started saying you know Matthew is my favorite book and he knew scripture but when we started opening up and kind of telling and sharing our story with him and just that message of hope and who Christ is he just would look down. And so by the end of it, um, my friend, uh, Chelsea, she was uh, getting out a piece of paper to invite him because I'd invited him to region. And I said, hey, we have some awesome men like that. You can, that will come alongside you and you, you, you don't have to do anything but show up. So um, she had the piece of paper and I was like, oh, and it was just like that opportunity. And I was like, let me show you something. And I started doing the bridge illustration and so he took it with him. But it was just awesome to be able to use it and know it and actually know the scripture and, um, be able to open my mouth. So, and just do it. So his name was Jared. If y'all could pray for Jared.
3: Yeah. Thank
5: you. Hello everyone. Uh, while we're at the West end, I just wanted to share that, uh, the West end streets church. Uh, I got to talk to some of the guys that head that up down there. And one of the guys, Michael Colton, I think some of you all may know, they actually attend the porch. Um, and getting to talk to him and just asking him how, how he started it and, and what, other, what other plans they had to grow it, um, I found out that on Wednesdays they actually have Bible study. Um, they're at, starting at around like six thirty seven or 7 o'clock is what he said. And he basically, you know, he asked if I could uh, just spread the word because uh, they have a bunch of girls, but they need more guys, basically, but I mean everybody 's welcome to go and one interesting thing that you know came that that came to thought was the fact that we were down there on the weekend if you 've ever gone to downtown Dallas on the weekends, mostly during the day it 's pretty much fairly much a ghost town, except for you know some you know homeless types and transients so uh, you know of course, sharing the word to them is great. But Wednesday at about seven o'clock, you know, everybody's getting off of work, so there's a, there's going to be a ton of potential opportunities to to approach people and to literally just invite them to a section of downtown in which they already are at, which would be walking distance. So I think that that would be a really good thing. I try to fill all my days with 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 some sort of study or activity. I try to stay as busy as possible. Some people say, you know. You know, don't fill your don't overfill your plate. You might get burnt out. Well, um, I don't think I'll get burnt out. I pray that I won't get burnt out, and that's just my path. But if any of y'all on Wednesdays have time, which for me I don't have anything really that I do on Wednesdays uh, as far as being up here at Watermark or, or anything activity-wise, I'll be going. I'm going to start attending on Wednesdays. So I just wanted to let you all know, that it's there at, um, it's basically either Lamar or San Jacinto. I, I think he said that on, on Wednesdays, they actually meet um, on San Jacinto, which is literally just the other side of that bus stop. What's that street that runs? Pacific. Pacific. Yeah, so Pacific, the little square of Pacific, Lamar, and San Jacinto. They meet there at about 7 o'clock. And they basically have, they actually do, like, the big group first, and then they break out into uh, men and women's Bible studies. So cool. it would be really Thanks great. Thanks for you, sharing, bud.
0: Yeah, thank you. Hey, so I just wanted to share uh, one last just uh, scripture as we get wrapped up. And so uh, is I've got to just spend a bunch of time with folks who do evangelism, uh, and then they start to engage with people and then I get this very frequent kind of question uh, that comes back that we haven't talked about. And you just see this like smile on their face and yet also a little bit of like awkwardness or bewilderment. And it's just that they um, they're like, somebody wants to accept that and I don't know what to do. Uh, And they feel stuck. uh, And like, what do you even, how do you even have a conversation? You know, that conversation with folks. And so, um, you know, for me, and, and there's a bunch of folks who do it a bunch of different ways, but I'm just like, hey, i just kind of um, like to remind the people of the story that we talked about, is that we are uh, kind of those four parts that were created in God's uh, image, that he's the creator of the heavens and the earth, uh, but that we rebelled against that and that we're a fallen and sinful people, uh, that he loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to die for us, uh, and that we look forward to this day of being reunited, reunited with him. And so I remind them of the, that thing uh, as we wrestle through different questions. Uh, and then I just ask them to say that in their own words. And so I don't lead them in a particular prayer for me. Uh, and oftentimes it can sound messy and they'll forget pieces and stuff. Uh, but for me, it's, just, it's uh, fun to let them uh, really just talk to God and not feel like I'm trying to lead them through and go through the motions, but I allow them to do that. And so... Ultimately, if they believe that in their heart uh, and confess that in their mouth, you know, then they're they're a believer. And then we have this responsibility to, uh, for us to disciple them, or for us to at least show them in the way of how to be discipled. And so, uh, let me just read kind of where that even uh, verse comes from, and then we'll get wrapped up. And so, in Romans ten, it just says, uh, starting in verse nine, uh, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it doesn't say anything about baptism, doesn't say anything about confession, doesn't say anything about doing good works. It just says If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord over all, and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then I'll just leave you with this uh, last little bit of encouragement. So starting in verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one on whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who come in the name of Jesus. who bring good news. And so this is why you see on international trips, you see like a little circle, and you see a bunch of people take pictures of their feet. If you've ever seen that picture, it comes from this verse. of just how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so that'd be my encouragement to you guys, is that we are sending you guys out. That we are encouraging you guys to go do this thing. That you can't, uh, no one will hear unless you share the good news. And most people won't share the good news unless they're sent by somebody. And so we're asking you guys to go do that. Uh, we would love for you guys to follow up with us and just let us know how things are going. And so Sylvia is going to send out uh, next week just some uh, the kind of final information as well as just a survey on just how the class is going. And so we'd love any feedback from you guys. Um, this is our first time to teach this class in this format. And so uh, good, bad, and indifferent, uh, we'd love to make it better. For the next time and do the things that you guys really enjoyed and the things that you didn't. We'd love to figure out how we can do a better job and so we'd ask you guys to give us good feedback Um, and then just keep us in the loop as you guys continue to grow uh, in just your guys' ability to uh, go and engage in a broken world. And so I'm going to stay up here and be able to answer any questions that you guys have but it's been a fun five weeks with you guys uh, and really excited to see uh, how God uses you guys uh, to just continue to get to be a part of plan A. And so let me pray for us really quickly, uh, and then we'll get wrapped up. Heavenly Father, thank you for inviting us into your plan to go and engage in a broken world. Like Isaiah says, the spirit of our sovereign Lord is on us. Because you have sent us to go and proclaim the good news, I pray that we would um, just start with the end in mind, that we would have a eternal perspective, and know that one day we'll be fully reunited with you, but even today we get to walk in intimacy with you. And so I pray that on days when we don't uh, feel close to you, Lord, that we would stop uh, and be reminded of your goodness and your grace by spending time in prayer, by being reminded of the truths in your scripture, by being encouraged by the fellowship with other believers so that we might be able to look over our past lives and just say that we have fought the good fight. That we finish all the work that you've given us to do. That we have discharged our duties as an evangelist. That we would be able to say that we've completed uh, all the work that you've given us to do here on earth. And that we would continue to bring you glory, Lord. And so I pray for uh, just bold words. I pray for uh, the right thing to say at the right time, Lord. And I pray that your spirit would go before us. We know that you are the one who calls people out of darkness. And so we know that you are going to do it in Dallas tomorrow. And I pray that we would get to be a part of those stories. And so I know that it's going to happen, Lord. I just pray that we're faithful and available and teachable so that we would get a reminder of just how good your grace is in somebody else's life. And so... Here we are. Use us. Send us. Thank you for choosing us, adopting us, calling us into a relationship with you. Amen.